Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on your tuesday nights it is tuesday night titans episode number four for your tuesday july 11th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always joined by my co-host on tuesday nights the one and only andrew Bedala. what is going on brother let me enlarge you here like a fucking amateur i am holy shit Hey, it happens to the best of us. My <laughs> mic was muted the first uh, week, so hey, it happens, right? There you go. Now, now you're looking good. I'm happy to be back, you know? Yeah, man, I'm, exci- I'm excited, man. There was a lot that happened. Uh, first of all, before we get into anything, how was your 4th of July? It was great. I got sun. I had some drinks. We were on the lake with the kids. You can't beat it, right? That's good. That's good. Who, who are you taking in the All-Star game tonight? Uh, I took both teams to score over three runs, and I'll say... I think the American League's just so superior, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. You know, the highlight of my uh, my baseball all-star game uh, weekend here is Okunia backed out of the home run derby. Yeah, well, I mean, smart on him. I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's good entertainment. I mean, I had fun watching it, but I mean, realistically, like a lot of guys get their swings all jacked up yes. from it, so meh. Yeah, they're looking, meh. For, uh, they're looking for more than a home run derby this year, hopefully. hopefully How the was your 4th of July? 
It was good, man. Uh, I was in Atlantic City. I did absolutely nothing. I sat by the pool with a couple of cold beverages, listened to some nice classic rock. And uh, we walked the boardwalk and uh, sat at one of my favorite beer gardens, watched the fireworks right over Tropicana Casino. Can't beat it, right? I was on a Moody Blues kick this weekend. Oh, yeah. I was on on a Zeppelin and Rush kick. Okay. There you go. And I saw OAR on Saturday with some of my neighbors who are good people. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. Speaking of good people, JD, I mean, I love me some Jeff Hardy back when I was a kid in the Hardy Boys and when I was a teenager, but you kind of mentioned this at the opening of the show. Jeff Hardy's going to work GCW. Now, he's going to be a part of WrestleCon, it seems, because this show is in Detroit on August 4th. Um, I want your thoughts on him working GCW, number one. Number two, my opinion on this whole thing that AEW allows their talent to just work the independence, I get it. Let the boys and girls make as much money as they possibly can. But at what point does Tony Khan need to stop being Mr. Nice Guy and play nice in everybody's sandbox and realize that he has a multi-probably billion, one bill fill, dollar investment coming from Warner Media and maybe stop allowing his talent to work these independent shows because what happens if somebody gets hurt? Well, I mean, if... If you don't want someone to get hurt, then don't have them work GCW. I mean, I don't know what the hell goes on over there. I mean, it's not uh, it's not the safest of places to work. And Jeff Hardy is the last person that I would even think of working GCW, especially after what he's been through and, and how he's trying to be on the road to being a better person and getting healthy again for a last big push in AEW. But, but Drew, to, to your original point here, he's going to be... He's going to be at SummerSlam as well. So not at SummerSlam, but SummerSlam weekend in Detroit. He's performing live music, uh, and he'll be doing that that weekend as well. And then, like you said, he'll be working GCW. Uh, Tony Khan really should take this into major consideration. I, I don't think Jeff Hardy should be one of the people on his roster that he sends over to GCW. This is not a John Moxley situation. This is not anybody that has been uh, on the road with AEW that's a little bit more healthier and has stayed out of trouble. I, I don't think that's a good look for him, honestly. Yeah, guys, I see in the chat, wrestling or not, who gives a shit? This guy, Jeff Hardy, is the last person I send to the GCW locker yeah. room. Yeah. Just me. I mean, and to be honest with you, that's a big name. It is, and good for GCW to get him, whether he wrestles or not, fine. I just think Tony Khan needs to stop allowing his talent, both male and female, to wrestle or even appear for other promotions. I understand you want to help the independents. I get it. But at one, at some point, we got like he wants to sign autographs there. Go for it. Yeah, that's fine. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, uh, the, the people on the same show here as uh, as Jeff Hardy, Nick Gage, obviously is the face of GCW. Blake Christian. Uh, we have Leo Rush taking on Mike Bailey. Obviously, Joey Janela's there. He'll be taking on Commander. So, so th- there's some na- major names, but I, I mean, like you said, good for them. I guess they're going to sell more tickets. Right with with Jeff Hardy on the bill, I don't I don't know why they really needed Jeff Hardy to do anything. Honestly, I, I just think it's a bad look for GCW as they kind of come off as they as they don't really give a shit or respect Jeff Hardy and him getting back to better health. And then Tony Khan, you know, of all the people on his roster, like I said, to have him go over there, I think that's the last person you want to send over there. I don't really trust that locker room to do right. I don't trust the talent to do right by Jeff Hardy. I don't know, man. It's a very, it's a very gray area for me. You know, I really, I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of GCW, so I'm not going to really agree with this decision. Well, I'm all for the boys and girls making as much money as they possibly can. Go for it. I'm just saying it. There's got to be a certain point in time where Tony Khan sits back and says, 
I'm not letting Moxley. I'm not getting let Hardy. I'm not letting, uh, you know, any of these guys or girls head over there to anywhere uh, to make, you know, a couple thousand dollars. I, I They have two major television shows. I think it's time to put an end to this. You think Tony Khan was upset? Uh, I mean, how upset was Tony Khan when Jeff Hardy got into trouble when he got into trouble with his DUI the last time and he had to be off TV for a year? He, he's obviously seen zero return on his investment, and now he's risking potential injury depend on, depending on what he does with GCW, and, and Tony Khan is putting that out there for it to happen so easily. Like, at some point, Drew, you're going to have to say, hey, I want to I get my money back on this guy. I want to do what I want with him. There's a reason I brought him in here. And, and he's going to let him go over there and potentially get injured. I don't know. Yeah, and I think you're 100% right. I think you hit the nail on the head there. His investment, Tony Khan's investment is both the Hardy boys. And yeah. Jeff's a single star in his own right. So, yeah, I'd like to see some. If I'm Tony Khan, I'd like to see more return on my investment. But obviously, the DUI did not help. Hardy's not having a good week, huh? Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not going to touch the other thing. I mean, that's just... Uh, that, that could stay over there, man. I mean, it is what it is. This is why social media, man, you don't really go back and forth with guys like that on social media. I don't see the point of it either. Like, if some jerk-off wants to come at me and be like, hey, you're bald, you suck, I'd be like, okay, cool, bro. Yeah. I yeah. still sleep well at night. I don't care, you know? Like, good for I mean, you. what does Matt Hardy got to be upset about, bro? He's got a beautiful wife. He's got, if you go, how many kids? He got All five these kids? kids? Millions of dollars? <laughs> like, it, Who gives he's, Hall of Fame career? Who gives a fuck? He, he's got nothing and nobody around him but his family where he lives i mean i would love that i don't i think matt should just let them talk into that open space let that open dumb air go yeah. for it yeah anyway moving on from the hardys uh after their week uh i i know i wanted to really talk about this on my andrew i haven't really done it yet because i've been backed up with a few things but this la night and kevin nash situation i, I listen man we're, we're big fans of big daddy cool kevin nash and the L.A. Knight story that, that came out last week and then continued on into today, he even made more comments. He said that L.A. Knight was a ripoff, basically, the gist of it. L.A. Knight was a ripoff. And then today, he said, why didn't he get over anywhere else, you know, before coming to the WWE? He says, there's so many people that agree that L.A. Knight is doing the Rock and Austin thing. I mean, the guy's been in the business for 10 years why didn't he get over anywhere else? I've always said that if you're not over in three years, it's just not probably going to happen. I would go down to NXT and I'd ask a guy, how long you been here? He'd be like four years, five years. This was before NXT had its own show. These guys were in developmental for three, four, and five years. I've never seen the guy work and I just said what I said. But then when I thought about it after our show was over, anytime you bash one of the boys, I don't know him He's still one of the boys. Anytime he bash one of the boys, I don't know uh, him. And it's a worst-case scenario because somebody will say I bashed him, and then if he's over, then people will be like, well, we like him anyway, and they'll push him harder. We'll show you, ha-ha, and the people will get with him a little bit more. So that, that's basically what the gist is of Kevin Nash and what he said about L.A. Knight. But, you know, I, listen, man, we, we've talked about Kevin Nash on this show before. He is one of the more... Uh, I would say intelligent minds out there in the pro wrestling realm, and I respect him greatly. Uh, greatly. But to him, to, for him to say that he's a ripoff, I mean, how many other examples can you and I come up with right now uh, about who borrowed what from a, a pro wrestler right. back in the day to get ahead in, in their career? I mean, the first thing that fucking pops in my head, bro, and, and this may be, 
you know, uh, a little bit of uh, of a shock because it's not really at the top of everybody's list. I mean, just look at Jay Lethal, bro. He fucking copied Macho Man with Black Machismo. I mean, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Number two, you got Ric yeah. Flair and Buddy Rogers. Hulk Hogan had, uh, you know, he he had, uh, who was it? It was um, Billy, Billy, Gr- Billy Billy Graham, Graham. right? Mm, yeah. And what about um, Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett borrowed from Honky Tonk Man and Jeff Jarrett borrowed from Ric Flair with the strut. I mean, there's so many fucking examples. Bray Wyatt, Wayne Mercy. I mean, why are we talking about this now and putting down Shawn Michaels LA? and Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Sean didn't dress like Flair, but he, you know, he was flamboyant Riot, like Flair. I mean, I mean, the Stone Cold got that, didn't he? Or Goldberg got that. Oh, Stone Cold ripoff yeah. and vice versa. Ryback got the Goldberg uh, yeah. chance. And here's the deal, right, to your point. I have so much respect for Kevin Nash both in and out of the ring. Kevin Nash is a brilliant mind, again, both in and outside of the ring, has had um, probably one of the best careers you could ever have in professional wrestling. And I am not going to touch on whether or not somebody is over. Kevin would know better than I would. I will say that LA Knight's getting fantastic reactions when I watch on television, and that's all I can go by. Um, But Kevin would know better than I would. I will say this, to your point, um, why wasn't, to Kevin's question, why wasn't the guy over? Before he got to WWE, well, I could say the same thing about a lot of people. When you put that machine behind a certain character or persona, it seems as if they can get over further in the wrestling business. They're reaching mass audiences. But Kevin obviously sees a lot of things that maybe the casual fan doesn't. So I respect his opinion. And respectfully, I'm just going to say that Kevin would know better than I would. But I think that LA Knight is getting over in WWE. And if he's a ripoff, so be it. Because a lot of these guys and girls can't even squeeze a nickel out of to be over. So I I, I don't know. I'm I'm all for LA Knight and his push. I, I think it was a good decision for him not to win money in the bank, although they could have went there. But I think LA Knight is headed to a program with Austin Theory probably at SummerSlam, and we'll see what happens. But there's a lot of guys who ripped off a lot of guys. It seems as if maybe Kevin is saying this is a direct carbon copy of some of these characters. I mean, can we go can we go a little bit further with what he said? The NWO, I mean, it was a direct I don't want to say it was a ripoff of any other faction before it, but the reason why fas- factions existed and factions were a big deal, groups were a big deal on TV were were because of the, vo- the Four Horsemen before that. Well, and, and Bischoff and, took the NWO from Japan. Yes. You know, so, a lot of a lot of that bullet club influence have, too sweet. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, Kevin Nash should be the last person, and his clique well, should be the last group of people saying that they ripped off anything. Kevin also, and the, the NWO had Kevin Scott and Hulk. I mean, those are three guys that you want to talk about over in great minds. So you could have a group, but if they aren't worth their ass in wrestling, who cares? And those guys were worth a lot of ass. They put a lot of asses in a lot of seats. So that's you know that's and, like, and, 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 and to your point, they got over. They did it. They oh, got yeah. over. They made their money great, and it was entertaining, mm-hmm. and and it was probably NWO is the greatest stable of all time. You know, look at LA Knight. If he takes a little bit from Steve Austin here, a little bit from The Rock there, and people are into it, and it's relatable to people, it makes people think, hey, you know, I loved what those guys did, and he's taking a little bit from these guys and applying it to what he does now, and he's getting over. Why is that such a bad thing? The the, the thing that we should really be questioning is, when is WWE going to listen? Like, are they listening? Do they know I, the type of reactions that he's getting? What are they I planning they, to do? I, I think they do. I mean, if you think about it, J.D., for a second here, who needed that Money in the Bank bank briefcase more? I mean, L.A. Knight really doesn't. Look how over he is. The story on Monday Night Raw and the story on that brand and and with WWE is the Judgment Day. Yeah. 
And we're starting to see the cracks of the foundation. So you put the champion, the briefcase on LA Knight, no doubt about it, it works. He's got that kind of tweener persona. He's kind of heelish. He's kind of not and come out and tease it. But Damian Priest is a full-on heel. And they're also rewarding him for his match, in my opinion, and carrying of Bad Bunny at Backlash. Yeah. Oh, and then before that, he, he was losing a lot, too. So for him to win oh. that briefcase, it it kind of elevated him after all those losses that he suffered on television, one of them 11 being to Bad months Bunny. Ago, 11 months ago, we were not talking about Damian Priest no. even in the slightest. We could give a shit less. So no. I think this is them making, a, again, and I saw the things on Twitter. Oh, we gave, Damian Priest, you know, why not LA Knight? They're both, we need to go youth. They're both 40, guys. They're both in their 40s. Who cares? I mean, we got guys wrestling at, at 52. Okay, so it's fine. They're, they're making new stars. If you get, if you if you get ascended at forty, you get the push at forty, or you get the push at thirty-five. Whenever it's your time, it's your time. We don't. We need to stop looking at. Well, this guy's forty-five. This isn't baseball. This isn't hockey. All right, they're going to be all right. You think it's something a little bit deeper there with Nash and, and LA Knight? I don't. I don't know. No. No, I don't think just... Nash. No, I don't think Nash knows him personally. And, and Nash doesn't have a bad bone in his body. Truthfully, yeah. from. You know, everything that I've read about him and all that other stuff, he's a really good, genuine human being. And I think he absolutely speaks from the heart. And yeah. maybe he just, it just doesn't work for him. It's just it's just yeah. like maybe he wants – you know what he's maybe trying to do, truthfully, is maybe he's trying to motivate L.A. Knight to be more of L.A. Knight and not more of these other guys. Yeah. You know, you know to be honest with you, though, when I watch L.A. Knight and I listen to L.A. Knight because he can talk – you know, even if he is biting off of the, the rock and Stone Cold, he's still a better talker than 98% of the people on that roster. And, Absolutely. you know, he, he's a very good wrestler. He's over. People are, are wanting to see him, even if he is. Who gives a shit? At the end of the day, it's what the people want, and the people want to see L.A. Knight, and we should all be happy for him. And, you know, about him being on NXT, he did go through the NXT system. He wasn't there for four years, five years. But he did hone his craft there, and he did he did go to NXT, Drew. He didn't go right to the main roster, so he did no. have to work his way up to yeah. to get to get where he is. He didn't just go to the main roster and get over. I mean, he was saddled with a couple of male models. Was Drew McIntyre? Nobody knew who he was. Right. Was Drew McIntyre as over as he was before he left, went back to Impact, did all that stuff, did the independence, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, and now came back, and Drew McIntyre was one of the most highly sought-out free agents in professional wrestling. Yeah. So – I, I get where Nash is coming from. Maybe Nash wants to see a little bit more uniqueness, more of his own personality from LA Knight. But realistically, like everybody in the wrestling business rips off of everybody in the wrestling business. So Yeah, I mean, I mean, just it's the same everywhere. I mean, music, wrestling, yeah. sports, it doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody's biting off of everybody else. But uh, I, I just hope that uh, they do something with him substantial. Hopefully, we've got a couple of weeks for SummerSlam, whether yeah. it's for the, for the United States title or he has a match of some sort. At SummerSlam, I just want to see him kind of slowly be elevated, but uh, that's going to be a wait and see thing for sure. Yeah, and I don't think Nash is burying anybody. I think he's trying to get, he's trying to see more out of LA Knight because I know Kevin Nash from what he's shown and seen on Twitter, and you know we 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 can read from it. He's not really into AEW, so I think the product that he watches is WWE, and he probably sees a lot of potential in LA Knight and wants to see more of just LA Knight and not Rock Austin, whomever else. You know, yeah. Legends, speaking of legends, right? And Kevin Nash is one of those. What about The Undertaker? He wants Bray Wyatt and the WWE to go back to the original Bray Wyatt character. And I know you've been a big proponent of this. So why don't I you have. go ahead? Uh, yeah, The Undertaker said that the Bray Wyatt character is the original character that Bray should go back to. Uh, he doesn't know why they got away from that. 
Uh, I'll get I'll get back into that point in a second. Uh, they've got themselves WWE booked into a situation where it's kind of difficult for him to have matches. It's one of the biggest things that I've talked about over the years that Bray Wyatt has been doing this fucking fictional garbage, this this heavy character work on WWE TV. Undertaker says the original Bray Wyatt, family Bray Wyatt, Wyatt family Bray. That's where the money is. I got to work with Bray at Mania the year after I got concussed in the Brock match. I worked with Bray. I, I think of him a lot, and I like what he's doing. I think they just have to figure out how to work uh, him into what they have to do. They need to back it up. His promos, his ability to work, he's an incredible, incredible worker, but he's not getting the opportunity to do it. I hope the best for him. I really do think a lot of him will see what happens there. Drew, Bray had said publicly that the reason why he does not go back to the Wyatt family, Bray, is because of Brody Lee. And I, I understand that, but I want to preface something here. Go ahead. I get it. I totally get that. And I love the fact that he misses his friend. Yes. And he feels like that part of him might be something he never wants to tap into. I get it. And I respect that from the man. And I think the Undertaker is right. Again, Undertaker and Kevin Nash have drawn, have drawn a ton of money here in the professional wrestling business and have been at the top of the top. So they know what they're talking about. And I would agree here. The original Wyatt character was the best. I was at TLC. I think, no, it was Elimination Chamber. When it was the Wyatts versus the Shield. And I was sitting in the front row and I looked around and the place was unglued. That wasn't the main event. It was a six-man tag. And they were just going nuts. Not even that, Drew. I didn't I, A, I didn't know you were there. B, the I don't know if it was the go-home show or the week before the go-home show, but remember on that raw where they got on the aprons on each side of the ring and then they started to advance each other in the ring and the yes. crowd was chanting, Holy shit, on Monday Night Raw. Nobody threw yeah. a punch. They just stood there and stared at each other. And, and, when you, and it led to that match. I've only been in a couple buildings, arena, stadiums where the, it was that loud. You know, Mania 30 was loud for uh, Danielson, and I was like, okay, I didn't see it, but I was like, well, listen, if you look around here, you'd have to be a moron not to see it. And at that particular moment, at Elimination Chamber, at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I thought to myself, holy shit, these guys aren't even locked up yet. There's no moves. There's no nothing. And this place is standing and screaming from... Wyatt's entrance, the Wyatt family's entrance to the Shields walked through the crowd. They got on the apron, and it was louder. Mm -hmm. It was so palpable. I was just like, they, all, all, all these six men are going to ascend to the top of the wrestling business if they play their cards right. And they all did within their own right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why WWE didn't go more all in with Bray Wyatt as that character. Uh, I, I feel like they really dropped the ball on that. And, and a lot of people go back and blame the loss to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. I'm like, you know, it is mm, what it is. No. They, they, they feed everybody to John Cena. It was over before that. Then they tried to rehabilitate him. He won the world championship, and he was looking right. Uh, you know, he was on the right track. He, he beat Cena and AJ Styles uh, in the same match. Not Losing only the Cena at Mania is not a big deal, though. That's not like no, no, wins no, and no. losses don't really. And I'm well, not they, said the, same thing, they said the same thing about Rusev when he lost to Cena. Oh, he's buried. Right, and he wasn't. I mean, when you get into a match with John Cena, we're talking about having like a match with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania at that point in time. John was already well-established, and he was 
at the top of the card and he was working with talent that I think he wanted to work with and losing to Cena at Mania had no effect on Wyatt's career. In my opinion, I think it only elevated him to a higher status. And the, the problem with all of this is that it got too hokey. Like the Firefly Funhouse was awesome. Then the field was, the fiend was burned and then came back through this portal. It was garbage. And we Alexa, like, Alexa right. took his powers. It's like, what the fuck am I watching here? Yeah. You know, like I don't mind the Disney magic movie stuff, but at some point in time, like even my kid was like, like my kid was like the fiend's scary and my wife was capped and doesn't watch wrestling was like that firefly funhouse stuff is is wild like that's cool that's good tv but then they just it just got stupid and then they brought him back and it was that's all we saw was like in ring segments and he never wrestled and i was just like okay i just don't think they know what to do with the creativity he should go back to the original guy like you said yeah, I, I mean, it's all up to him. I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. He doesn't want to do it because he wants to respect Brody, or, or, or he could do it and respect Brody. I mean, you could, you could do it and and have it come off as a homage to Brody Lee. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do, and we have to respect his fucking his wishes and his feelings. So, you know, may, maybe we don't get that. But, you know, the one thing that bothers me about it, Drew, is that people say that he can't wrestle. And that was the one thing that people... You know, we're like, oh, J.D., I don't know why you like Wyatt so much. He can't wrestle. I'm like, what the fuck are you, what are you watching? He can no absolutely wrestle. He, you know I what? mean, him and Brian, yeah. bro, had a fucking 2014 Rumble match that was yeah. probably the best thing on that show. And then The Fiend, when they actually put him in the ring to wrestle, he wrestled Brian. It was the best thing that The Fiend did and, yeah, in, I was in that strap match. I was going to say no offense, but for everybody watching or anybody who watched that, who said that about uh, Bray, full offense. What? How do you know whether he could wrestle or not? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, seriously, just because it's not your cup of tea, because it's not a five-star New Japan Meltzer rating match means why it can't wrestle. Wrestling is about reactions and telling stories and why it does that very, very well. He elicits a response no matter wherever he goes and what he does. The same thing, I mean, I, I'm just at a loss for people say that this guy or girl can't wrestle. Like, I'm sorry, but unless you are a Hall of Fame talent, or somebody who has been in the business for 30 plus years, like an Arn Anderson, like a Gregory Helms, all that other stuff, please, or Shane Helms, please shut the hell up. Bro, he's, a, he's a rotunda, bro. Do you know who his father yeah, is? Right. I loved IRS. Yeah, I, how, do you, how, how is your father IRL? He can't wrestle. What the fuck are you talking about, man? You know, but the, the rumors, again, rumors circulating, I want to say that again, rumors, is that Bray is going to go into a program with Roman and have that payback match at payback. Um, I... Truthfully, like 
do we want to see that? To do what? Lose? Right, exactly. That's what I don't understand with some of the... I understand working with Roman is top of the tops, but if you're going to bring Bray back, and Bray's only had one match since his return, and it was at the Royal Rumble, you're going to bring him back and immediately have him fed to Roman? Eh, miss me on that one. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing. If he doesn't go to SmackDown, you can move him to Raw and have him feud with Cody. That could yeah. be the next. That, that could be the next adversity that Cody faces on the way to the top. You know, he, he already claimed he's he's next in line. What if he yeah. feuds with Bray and That's Bray fun. comes out as a normal human being without fucking Uncle Howdy and a, a yeah. six or seven puppets? And you know that's, all, that's all Cody Rhodes needs. And you know what? That's a really good suggestion because Cody kind of talked about on Monday Night Raw that you know people have their Brock Lesnar's in life. Yeah. Well, I'm a deeper, darker problem than Brock, Brock Lesnar would be, and that could be. Bray Wyatt's. So I I absolutely love it. Uh, and mean, don't forget, WWE makes a ton of money off Bray Wyatt and the Fiend merchandise. So don't think that they haven't seen a return on their investment because they have. How, how much? How much of this? Because I, I I was very vocal about this, Drew, before WrestleMania. I I, I got tipped off about what the illness was. I'm not going to divulge mm-hmm. on what it is. It's a serious thing. Uh, they say he's not cleared. I, I don't know if he's not clear or not, but we'll hopefully find out soon. How much of it is a creative thing? Do you think that somewhere in his mind, he's a little skeptical now about coming back, seeing how much Vince McMahon has kind of gotten his hands dirty since WrestleMania on the product? Do you think there's a little a little trepidation on Bray Wyatt coming back? Man, the only people that would know that would be, you know, Vince, Bray, and I guess some of the people, Michael Hayes, who worked directly with him. So I'm not going to yeah. sit here and speculate, but I could say that um, any medical condition that he has continues to have my thoughts and prayers are with him and I just want him healthy. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about why Bray's sitting at home. Um, I know that, you know, people struggle with depression, anxiety, um, injuries all the time. So whatever it is, I wish him the best. And I, I just want to see him back on my television. Yeah. Not just for me, for him and his family too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very creative and I want to see that kind of break out without there being any handcuffs. Cause I feel like when he starts to get going, creative starts to sink their teeth in and then they want to take over. And it's like, let, let the guy have his vision. Can, can we yeah. see it play out on television first? And, and that's where I think they went wrong with Uncle Howdy. I was actually enjoying that shit. And then all of a sudden it went away. And then we get Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt starting a feud. Like, where the fuck did this come from? That's I think not every, the original plan. Yeah, I think everybody and their mother was trying to figure out who Uncle Howdy was. And we were on, you know, you know, pins and needles waiting for it. Who's yeah. it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then it got to a point where like, hey, we're going to get who's it going to be or not. And then it was just like, okay, we don't give a shit. And we're doing away with it. But also, um, you know, I think with the Endeavor merger, um, you, we're never going to get the Attitude Era, so we can stop asking for it. Everybody could stop. It's not happening. It's yeah. a different time. But with the Endeavor merger, I do believe, I know everyone's worried about Vince McMahon coming back and all that other stuff. And yes, I think that Vince sold to Endeavor so that he can, you know, maybe get a little bit back into the weeds, even though he said he wasn't. I think you're going to see a little bit maybe edgier product. And I mean edgier by maybe blood, more blood, more um, edgier characters where they can get away with some things and say some things that they want to say and be those personas that we hadn't seen in a long time because of the restrictions put on them by the WWE or their potential investors. I think the Endeavor merger is going to be good for them. Even though they're still going to be a publicly traded company, you think they'll kind of like up the ante on pushing the envelope a little bit? I don't think you're going to see like a barbed wire steel cage. No, I mean, we're not going to see Val right. Venus on TV fucking having right. sex with porn stars. Right. And the, and the live sex celebration is gone. That, <laughs> that's an error that is so far gone. Even though WWE, I believe at that time was publicly traded. Um, I just think that that error is gone. And truthfully, like there's more money in um, 
you know, professional wrestling and sports entertainment when you appeal to all demographics. And I know, listen, Tony Khan and everybody else at AW, I get it. Um, but if you do want to grow, I think you need to start appealing to a larger demographic. Just, just from my business side of things. Yeah. From no, what no, I've seen. That makes total sense. Uh, being that's a perfect segue, uh, we talked about Attitude Era Blood and Tony Khan. We're going to go into the AEW uh, side of things. Let's start with Dynamite. Uh, we have Blood and Guts coming up in a week, Drew, at the TD Garden in Boston. And right now, surprisingly, I don't know what you thought of this. I thought it was going to be four-on-four four with the injury to Brian kind of throwing a wrench into the creative gears here. Uh, we're still getting five-on-five. Five. And mm-hmm. Tony Khan announced on Twitter that this Wednesday, tomorrow night, we are going to find out the mystery opponents or the mystery partners here for the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite tomorrow on AEW Dynamite. Now, everybody's expecting Kota Ibushi for the Elite. Uh, who the hell is going to be few, uh, partnering with the Blackpool Combat Club here? There's a, there's a couple of different options. Who do you think fits best here? And why do you think they went with a five-on-five instead of a four-on-four? You know, I don't, the, obviously the Ibushi, because of the Golden Lovers yeah. stuff, I think is going to happen. For the, the, the Blackpool, Com- you know, I don't know. The Combat Club, I really don't know. And I think that's what's intriguing about Dynamite tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Um, I think that's intriguing for Dynamite. Um, otherwise, realistically, like, I, I don't know who fits, truthfully. Like, are they bringing somebody from New Japan? Are they bringing somebody in who's not currently signed or had just been released or something? That? I don't know. Um, is somebody finally cleared to wrestle? I don't know. You know, I really don't. Um, but I, I, I think it is interesting that they went five on five, like you said. Yeah. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But the best thing on Dynamite was MJF and Cole, which we'll get to. But I don't know here. I really don't. Who do you think? I, I, I threw a couple of names out there. I, I don't know if it's going to be any of these individuals, but we've seen Evil Uno at the end of Dynamite, you know, as uh, Paige was going with the steel chair and he took the steel chair away from Paige as they just cut on Dynamite last week. Evil Uno may be taking... Uh, that spot for Blackpool Combat Club as he's kind of continuing his feud with Adam Page. That's a possibility. No, he does not fit. I don't think it's him. It's just he's a real dark horse pick there. But the other men, the the other men that I mentioned, and and Tony Khan really kind of, he teased this a little bit as he's trying to uh, chip away at him. He mentioned Cassius Ono or Chris Hero because they brought Chris Hero back uh, into the fold here with AEW. He's working backstage. I don't know if he's a producer or if he's an agent or something along those lines. Tony Khan said he's chipping away at him. Maybe he can be uh, inserted into this thing, and he would fit into the Blackpool Combat Club pretty decently. And the other one is Santana of LAX, because he was Eddie Kingston's best friend. They had something going on there, and the last thing that Moxley said on the promo that aired on Wednesday night was, Eddie, pick up your fucking phone. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's a favor from Kingston to Moxley, because Kingston can't be there because he's in the G1. Hey, I got my guy. He's going to join you on, on uh, Wednesday next week. I don't know. I don't know. Let me let me ask you this. Would your head explode if it was CM Punk? Well, I mean, well, the, 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 the rumor was that he pitched to be in the match. I mean, bro, I, I don't think I, they I, risked I, it. I, I, I just, I want to melt. Twitter yeah, would I melt. I want to preface. I don't think that they would risk their big Owen Hart finals match, yeah. which is on Saturday in Calgary, Alberta. I don't think they'll risk it with Punk being in this much of a dangerous match. So I don't think it'll be CM Punk, but man, would the internet explode? I mean, I'd love to see it. You know, Moxley and Punk would have to squash their beef there. Mm. Uh, I don't think Moxley would have a problem with it, but uh, the other guys, I, I don't know if uh, and when we'll get that. But I think Punk is okay on Collision, which we'll get into in a little bit. But 
I, I don't know, man. It's going to be a, a real toss-up here. It could be somebody from New Japan, like you mentioned. I don't know who they teamed with. Shota, I think it was Shota Umino from New Japan. I mean, that's a boring pick. Nobody would give a shit about that pick if he if he joined the Blackpool Combat Club. It, it, it's going to be Ibushi, and I think it's going to be a letdown for a surprise for the Blackpool Combat Club because Ibushi's a bigger name. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's two surprises. It's not just one. So yeah. one's going to clearly outweigh the other. That's why I never like a mystery partner and a mystery partner because it's like, for example, let's just say you get, I'm not, this is just an example, RVD on one side and John Cena on the other. And it's like, okay, Cena's, you know, here and RVD's, yeah. I just, that yeah. makes no sense to me. You're burying the, the second, you know, partner. I don't, I don't know. know. So it should be, it should be very interesting tomorrow night. Uh, Tony Khan's always got uh, a bag of surprises. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not some- Goldberg. No offense. I love the guy, but hopefully not. No. no. Goldberg in a blood and guts. I mean, it just, could, it could be entertaining. Chatter. I don't know. What if it's Ryback? Yeah, no. <laughs> he I'm, wants listen, his last bald match. and beautiful. I'm here I, for it, but no thanks, Ryback. Listen, man, talk, talking about beautiful, the segment with Adam Cole and MJF on Wednesday, you know, I was, uh, honestly, bro, I was a little skeptical about the partnership because MJF has had, you know, I don't want to say he's had rinse and repeat, but he definitely has had some rinse and repeat storylines, especially as champion it's always kind of the same thing with him. And this this Adam Cole thing, coming from their match, 30 minutes, time limit draw. I didn't know where they were going to go with this, but we got such a beautiful dynamic between these two on television. A lot of people are comparing it to the uh, Festival of Friendship with Chris Jericho and, and Kevin Owens. And yeah. Adam Cole and MJF are really showing you how dynamic they are as a duo, how entertaining they are. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to stroke his ego any more than I already do on Wednesday nights with Jesse. But I mean, MJF, man, he's just got that magic touch. Everybody that he's in something with, everybody that he's in the ring with, they just come out on the other side better. And this is the resurgence and the rehabilitation of Adam Cole right now that we're seeing. This is the Adam Cole that signed or should have signed with AEW uh, back in uh, 2021. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? Um, this is showing MJF's range yeah as a performer and as, as a sports entertainer <laughs> right and, and exactly right but i mean they w is really like harping into that they're allowing him to do this whole sports entertainment thing and i think it's smart because aw needs a little bit more of yeah. that i understand it's the professional wrestlers company i get it the fans company i get that but at some point in time, you need a little bit of it. Like that Alpha Academy segment on Raw, to me, doesn't do anything for me, but I could see the entertainment value in it, especially when my kid was watching it. But going back to AEW, this is a career revitalization for Adam Cole, and it's because he's tagging with MJF, and we know what's going to happen, right? The eventual turn, they're going to lose a match, someone's going to lose their cool, whatever, and we're going to get MJF and Adam Cole. Awesome, beautiful. But it's so friggin' entertaining. MJF and Adam Cole are so in the mannerisms, the little things they are hitting home runs every time they go out there. I think it's great for MJF and Cole. Yeah. The gym, uh, the gym segment where they were making fun of that fat guy. I mean, that's the type yeah. of entertainment that I like to see. Cause uh, you know, it's just what I grew up on. Mario children, love yeah. family guy. That's the, that's, that's my type of, you know, Andrew Dice Clay. It's my type of humor. So when mm-hmm. I saw that, you know, I laughed my ass off at that, and to me, that's entertaining. I want to see more of that, not every week from AEW, but to your point, Drew, when they do it, it hits because we don't see it all the time. On WWE, we were so fucking numb to it. It's like, all right, more sports entertainment. Otis is out there fucking rubbing his belly and throwing his fat around. It's like, yep. I'm not laughing at this, man, because I see it every week. When this happens, we get it maybe once every two, three months, and it comes from MJF, whether he's doing a fucking Broadway tune or, you know, right. doing something with Adam Cole here. 
it works. And I don't know where they go. We know where it's going. We don't know how and where it's going to end. But my next question to you is, where does this go? Does this factor into a match at all in? And how do we tie? I know we talked about this last, uh, the last time we were live. How do we tie in all in and all out? They have to do that because they're one week apart. Does this match tie in to all out? And do we get Punk and MJF born for, from all this going into all out? Mm. Because what I'm thinking is CM Punk and FTR's feuding with Bullet Club Gold. Do we get Jay White and CM Punk at all in? The winner of that match wrestles the winner of Adam Cole and MJF at All Out for the world title. Kind of tying the two shows together. Yeah, I think it's a little... I mean, I don't hate the matchups, but I think if you're trying to build a story, I don't think the Cole and MJF stuff ends in one match. And I get the Chicago type of, let's have Punk and MJF in the main event for the AW World Championship in Chicago. Makes sense, right? But realistically, if we have MJF and Adam Cole at All In, I think their second match should either be a cage, a ladder, at All Out. That that would, you know, because the feud is, I mean, it's a week old after that, right? I yeah. mean, it, that match is a week old. I, I think it's too much too soon, and you really don't want to burn the candle at both ends with these feuds. I would keep the MJF-Adam Cole thing going and through All Out if that's what you're headed to. And I would maybe, okay, listen, could we see Kenny Omega and CM Punk at All In and then have the six-man at All That's Out? A possibility. You know, does FTR lose the titles to Bullet Club Gold on Saturday night? And then do they or uh, does FTR, CM Punk go after the trios titles? Do we get that match, that big six-man tag that everybody wants to see at All Out in Chicago? I, I don't know. Listen, 75,000 people are going all in. They're going to, AEW's got a really good crowd headed their way and good for them. And they're going to get a really, really good card because we don't even know how we could see it yet. I think it'll be streaming. But if you want me to buy that pay per view for all out, if I got to buy both of them, hope oh, shit, you better give me two <laughs> banger cards. And yeah. I, I just don't think that AEW is going to do that. But what I'm saying to everybody watching this and you is I think it's too quick to pull that trigger on MJF punk. Like maybe you do that in January, you know, or maybe November, whatever, but they, they do need to, that Chicago crowd is going to want to see something between Kenny and the elite and FTR and CM punk and CM punk's going to be a face there. Well, we also, we also need to know what's in the red sack, right? How how long are they going to prolong that? That was weird. It was one night. That was it. Uh, Well, I mean, don't don't tell Jesse that. He's like, what's in the red sack? He want he wants an answer like weekly. Like, I don't know what the fuck's in the red sack. What's in the L- box? <laughs> like, let him let him reveal it when he wants to reveal it. Jay White's already alluded to it on TV. This was a week ago, so yeah. you know they, yeah. they it's there. Punk does not do anything without a reason. So no, the reason he neither, brought it out there for a reason. Neither does Tony Khan. They are going to revisit that situation absolutely. And Punk and MJF are on a collision course. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And Chicago might be the time and place, brother. But for me. I think that all-in show and the all-out show being as close as they are together, you do not want to burn off that MJF-Adam Cole feud there. If they win the tag titles at all-in, okay, and then all of a sudden they lose them on a dynamite, then bang, you can have the match at all-out, sure. They could go either way, but I think not having your world champion defend that championship at all-in in Wembley is a big mistake. You may be right, man. The the bidding war of 2024, that that sounds perfect for MJF and uh, CM Punk in 2024, you know? And I, I truthfully, I know everybody and their mother's like, he's going to go to WWE. AEW's got more money than WWE. Yeah, Warner's in uh, deep contract negotiations. I just seen this uh, come across the feed from Fightful. Deep contract negotiations with AEW. So they're going to be you, they're going to be sitting on a nice uh, nice payload. 
And if you think that Warner Media is going to get into bed with AW for the long term, like marriage, we're yeah. talking a ring here, boys and yeah. girls. Yeah. They are going to want the diamonds, and MJF is the, one of the diamonds yes. in that company. Yes, and so are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and they're going to be paid if they want to yeah. stay. Right. Well, I, the Young Bucks might, but yeah. I think I think CM Punk, Kenny, and, and MJF are your lock, stock, and barrel is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, also on Dynamite, bro, we got uh, the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament starting, and I was a fan of that opening match with Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus Swerve and, and Keith Lee. Um, I don't know how blind these teams are. I mean, they seem very uh, deliberate as far as pairings are concerned. Some of the teams are truly blind, like uh, Daddy Magic and The Butcher against MJF and Adam Cole. But, uh, I mean, it's really it's really not leaving anything up to the imagination here, bro. I mean, some of these teams are kind of deliberate. Some of them are very blind. But my question is, and I feel like this is definitely the case, I love a tournament. I love a good tournament. I always embrace a good tournament. But are there too many tournaments happening uh, yearly on AEW television? We have three tournaments happening right now, bro. The men's and women's Owen and this blind eliminator tag tournament. Three yeah. tournaments. Tony, Tony Khan loves his tournaments. Yeah, I don't even know what tournament it is, when it is. <laughs> the only thing I know is Punk and Starks are in the final for the Owen Hart uh, trophy, which I love. Um, and I called that from the jump. You just seemed like that's where they were headed. But yes, there's too many tournaments in AEW. Also, Tony, I know you're a huge wrestling fan. I get it, and I appreciate that. But I don't need Battle Bowl in 2023. I don't. I don't need Battle of the Belts in 2023 either. Can we get rid of that? No. No. <laughs> three hours I of just... collision on Saturday night. You have you have trouble finding people to watch two hours. You're going to do three hours on Saturday night in the right. middle of July. And the thing is, is that, like, you want to have your, like, own King of the Ring and, and Queen of the Ring tournament? You have them with the Owen Hart yeah. Cup. Just friggin' leave it alone. I don't want these tournaments anymore. It's too much. I don't know what tournament we're in. I just, I, the, old, the only tournament I want back is the fucking King of the Ring tournament. And it's, like, pulling teeth to get that to happen over there. And That's the only thing I want. Of, and those sons of bitches won't give it to us. No. I don't know, man. I enjoy the Owen. I don't know how long he's going to be doing the Owen for the men and women, mm. but this blind eliminated tournament just literally came out of nowhere. And, and what is it going to do? What is it going to do? Is this going to lead to the breakup of MJF and Adam Cole? Because it yeah. looks like a vehicle to break them up and get them on separate pages. And then we get FTR or Bullet Club Gold versus MJF and Adam Cole. I mean, th is that really necessary? I mean, you can't come up with something better to break these two guys apart and have them feud over the world title. I mean, they could have jumped right into it and just had it because, I mean, they had it in the palm of their hand and they're making us want and need it, and want to see it. So good for them. It's making it like, I need to watch Dynamite to see what MJF and Adam Cole are going to do next. Yeah. But no, to your point, I didn't need a tournament for the breakup. I didn't. Collision. I put out a tweet today. A lot of people were, were coming from my head because it's uh, social media. I said, Drew, Collision is the best weekly television show that you digest for your pro wrestling. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I think Saturday night's been the best of the last four weeks. I think Collision's been number one. And then people are like, oh, the ra the ratings, man. They can't even break 600,000. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, who gives a shit? Do you like it? I like it. Who, yeah. who gives a shit what the ratings are? The ratings were up this week because it wasn't 4th of July. Everybody's like, oh, look at the ratings. Ha, ha, ha. It's 4th of July, asshole. What the fuck were you doing? I, I mean, I, where I were you, Drew? You were on the lake with your fucking family. I, were you watching fucking Collision? No, full disclosure. You guys ready? <laughs> full disclosure. Give me a I break, didn't watch, man. I didn't watch Money in the Bank live. I did not watch Raw live. I did not watch Dynamite live. I did not watch... That was it. I did watch Friday Night SmackDown because they were at Madison Square Garden. And when you're in MSG, you got my full attention. 
I'm a New York boy, born and raised. So you got my attention. And I'm happy I did tune in for that because that we were leaving the next day anyway. So we were packing and all that other bullshit. But no, I was not watching it live. And here's the deal. Why do we continuously make big deals about ratings? If Warner Media, USA, and Fox, you know, uh, NBC Universal are happy with their ratings, what the fuck do you care? I- enjoy the show and shut up. And if you don't enjoy the show, change the channel. Love the flow of the show. Love the vibe of the show. They got the best commentary team right now in the game. I think Kevin Kelly and Nigel are great. Uh, CM Punk best is on opening. the show. Somebody the told best me opening in the game. Yes, uh, bro. Someone told me today. Oh, CM Punk is the only good thing about the show. Everything else sucks. I'm like, oh man, you you're really, you're really, you're really discrediting Andrade, Miro, Malachi, Willow, Athena, and Hobbs. Ricky Starks, Hobbs, FTR, yeah. Jay White, Juice. Like, what the fuck are you watching, man? Yeah, you're you're reaching with that one. Like, I am not your typical like um, wrestling fanatic where I watch New Japan. I watch Impact. I yeah. don't, but Collision has a lot of top-tier talent and a lot of good entertainers. And they, the flow of the show is fantastic. The opening is a yes. very reminiscent of Saturday Night's main event. They hit the music, Punk walks out. I mean, it was just a really – he was selling the main event. It was a good show. It was. I, I knew the ratings were going to be uh, held under a microscope and people were uh, going to really zing them on the ratings weekly. Oh, the the the, the Bloodline Tribal Court, it'll take six collisions to match SmackDown's rating. <laughs> I mean, really, this is what you guys are arguing about on social media. Who gives a shit? And then you get the idiots who are like, how come the bloodline got 40 minutes of time on SmackDown? Well, because the bloodline is the most over thing in professional wrestling. So give them an hour. Austin got like 10 segments on a two hour show. Yeah, when he well, was on the top. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that uh, on the raw side of things. But on collision, bro, we got uh, the Owen continuing the semifinals powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, beat, uh, no, actually, no, he lost. Ricky Starks beat Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs split from QT Marshall, which I think would be the best thing for him. Uh, I hope that's where they're going with this. Starks advances to the finals against CM Punk, who beat Samoa Joe for the first time in 19 years, I believe it was. Uh, So now we got Punk and Starks. How do you see this playing out? Uh, I thought the match with Samoa Joe was fucking great. I thought it was nice. It built up to the nice uh, five, six minutes that they had at the end. They really picked it up. Uh, it was physical. They had some nice throwbacks to their older matches back in the day. Samoa Joe is, is doing so, so great. I just love the work he does. Punk continues to look better in this run than he did when he first came back after the eight-year absence. And he adds just so much to the show like I knew he would. Uh, I love both of these uh Semi-final matches, obviously Joe and Punk a little bit more than Starks and Hobbs. I thought Starks and Hobbs had a better match the last time they were in the ring together. But who wins this, bro? Does Punk win it or does Starks win it? And do you see maybe a heel turn from either one of them here? Yeah, a couple things. I loved Hobbs' Owen Hart tribute yes. here. That was fantastic. I thought he might win. I mean, there's little things that I'm like, ah, maybe he's going to win. But I thought him and Starks put on a good match. Um, and again, you know, I was in attendance for many punk and Joe matches in ROH. So for me, I wasn't expecting a match to have the same type of flow and hard hitting this that we saw 19 years ago. I mean, if you took rock and Hogan from 18 and even tried to put them out there at WrestleMania 25, it's not the same match. And it probably doesn't, it isn't remembered the same thing with Sean and taker. Like we need to stop. Ah, it wasn't as good as it was 20 years ago. Well, no shit. I wasn't as good looking as I was 20 years ago either. So, I mean, cut it out, you know, it's just, it, it's time. Right. Um, and I'm not going to critique that match. Cause I'm not a professional wrestler. Did I think it was a good entertaining match for me on a Saturday night that I watched three days later? Yeah. Yes. 
And I think CM Punk and Ricky Starks was the only logical choice here for the finals. And Starks needs it more than Punk. But yes. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Is Starks staying in AEW long-term? Because you really don't want to give this trophy to somebody and this push, quote-unquote, if that's what they're going to do. I hate using those terms, but that's what the term is. If he's going to split in six, nine, ten, whatever it is, a, a year. Because everything points to CM Punk winning this thing because yeah. he's a huge Hart family fan. But I think Starks needs it more. I don't know. I know Tony doesn't want to lose Starks, but uh, the relationship with Cody and Starks has been uh, highly documented. I could see Starks being one of those guys that jump ship. Talk about people jumping ship from AEW. I could see him definitely being one of those guys. And I do think WWE would be interested in him. He is on the smaller side, but uh, I, I don't. he's full of charisma, so I don't know why they wouldn't be able to find some use for Ricky Starks over there. But the thing is, the way the show ended, Drew, is Joe attacked Punk. Do we see Joe get involved and continue his feud with Punk? While Punk is feuding with Joe, he's feuding with Jay White and Bullet Club Gold with FTR. Uh, he's got a bunch of little things going on for himself, and, and that way we get Starks winning the Owen. I mean, like, like you said, and I agree with you, I think he needs it more than Punk. But the thing is, with Punk, I'm going to go back and document that red sack. You know, we all knew what, the, what was in the red sack, theoretically. I, I, I do not want to see him lose... If we think the title belt is in the red sack, if he's claiming to be the uncrowned champion or the real champion because he was never beaten for it, I don't want to see Punk lose unless he is going to lose to someone who is going to be crowned the real champion because other than that, that opening promo wouldn't make much sense then. Well, let me ask you this, right? What happens if Samoa Joe comes out, and I'm just spitballing if I was writing for them, right? What happens if Samoa Joe comes out towards the end of the match, screws CM Punk, I don't know, puts him through a table, however we get it, and, you know, whatever, and throws him back into the ring, I don't, whatever, however we get there. And screws CM Punk, Ricky Starks gets the win, because Punk took away the only thing that Samoa Joe had over him for the past 20 years, which was a victory. You took that away from me, and now I'm taking what you desperately want away from you. And that is a little microcosm of how you can get punk's next feud because collision's going to need some matches with cm punk and a feud with cm punk he is their main focal point and we are headed into august september which is football season both college and the nfl and you're gonna need some ratings on saturday night yeah so why not do that for a little bit um i could see that and i understand your point but if samoa joe does screw punk it helps starks and it keeps punk strong that's just me yeah, I mean, I could see that. I, I could see that. I, I would have to see it physically play out on television to, to to actually feel okay with it because, in theory, him losing after what we've heard and what we know about this this red bag and what's in the red bag, you know, we all know what's in there. I just don't want to see him lose if he's claiming that, you know, nobody is big enough to fill my shoes until they can beat me for this. And it's like... Has he talked about the red bag since, or is this just no. like a... No, J.Y. Visit? mentioned okay. it in passing in a oh. promo a, a week ago, yeah. I missed it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Joe and Punk continuing and uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be very interesting. All I know is that it makes collision must see on Saturday night. So either way, both men come out of that match on Saturday night in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Their stocks are risen. So it's all that matters. Do we wins? Do we see, do we see Bret Hart in Canada on Saturday night? You know, I think you probably should see Martha. I would love to see um, Owen's son, um, and I would love to see Brett. I really would. I think this is a way for maybe I've said it. We need representation from Brett and maybe Diana Hart Smith yeah. or uh, you know uh, DH. You know, from you know Davy's son. 
David or uh, Harry Smith. I yeah. think we need to see him there too at all in. Like that's just it's Wembley. Like we need some sort of representation. I think if we know Tony Khan and his uh, love of the history of pro wrestling, I think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll see Bulldog's son in in Wembley for sure. And if if Brett is there, and he is like. If he comes out in the beginning of the show, yeah. all bets are off. I think Punk might win that sucker because that's a celebration and that's something that maybe Punk wants. But Punk's a businessman and he's very smart in the professional wrestling game. And maybe it's just that emotion where ah, Punk's not going to lose it. And then all of a sudden he does. So. Well, listen, man, FTR, Dax is uh, Dax and Cash are very close with Brett, man. Maybe uh, with their battle with Bullet Club Gold, maybe they have an equalizer and Brett Hitman Hart out there, out there in, in their corner. I don't know. Yeah, I, and guys, I see your chats. I don't know if the Legends deal prevents Brett from showing up on a one I thought it was just a merchandise thing, no? Yeah, I think they have the license to, like, figures, T-shirts, all that other stuff. Yeah. I don't think he is uh, prevented, he being Bret Hart, from appearing um, on AEW. Could be. I don't know. It's it's usually paid for royalties. That's what it is. Yeah. What did you think of that FTR Bullet Club gold match, man? Holy shit. I mean, they got nearly 30 minutes. And the reason why they got 30 minutes is because Willow and Athena were, were canceled off the show. We got Julia Hart wrestling and nobody. And then they were given, Tony Khan gave them the, the clock. Do what you got, do what you got to do for 30 minutes. Fill the time. And they, they put on a fucking banger, man. Holy shit. Remember when everyone was like, ah, Jay White's buried. And Juice yeah, Robinson. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah where, where are those people? Where, where are those people, man? They're really, they're really quiet nowadays, right? Jay White yeah. looks fucking great. And Jay White, I said this when he showed up on Dynamite, Jay White made the best decision he possibly could. He would be so lost over in WWE. He yeah. is getting more airtime, which is king in professional wrestling and queen in professional wrestling. You need that. And he's getting a ton of it on Collision. I understand that on Dynamite, because they had one show, he wasn't getting a ton of time, and nobody watches Rampage. Sorry. Um, so I get it. But here we are, and Jay White is a focal point of a Saturday night show every single night every single Saturday, and he absolutely killed it with Juice. And they're in a feud with FTR. He's feuding with CM Punk. I mean, Jay White's, you know, one of the biggest names on the brand. At request of the biggest name in the company, he wants to work with Jay White, CM Punk does. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who better than Jay White right now? Uh, I was surprised that FTR lost that, bro. I, I, I did not see that coming, but... I don't mind it. Normally I would, but I don't mind it. It is a very Vince thing to do to have the champions lose for the challenges to get a title match. I get it. But if they put on that match and then that is going to give us a, a two out of three falls match. And the last time FTR had a two out of three falls match in Canada, it was against Champa and Gargano at TakeOver Toronto. And that's probably one of the best tag team matches ever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're going to go and do that with Bullet Club Gold here, two out of three, two out of three falls, I have no problem with it, but it was a little, it was a little, t- it took me back a little bit to like, I don't want to see the champions lose. But at the same time, in this one little microcosm, I don't really mind it. Do Can we do away with the whole like. Eliminator maybe, matches? Yes, please. Yeah, it's just stupid. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm missing the mark here. It's stupid. It's fucking WWE stupid. did it too. If you pin the United States champion, he'll get a chance. Like, I just don't want to see it. Like, if the champion gets pinned, I want to see him get pinned or her get pinned to lose the championship. You're devaluing that moment, in my opinion. Where's the mid card? Don't they have a mid card? Like, or is that uh, offensive to say? Where, where's their, their secondary division? You know, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. Neither. Either. Collision. Is it a success, Drew? Through four weeks. Yeah. 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 I mean, when they're not, I mean, when you start averaging, if we want to really get into the ratings, when you start averaging two, three hundred thousand, then that's a problem. But guys, don't forget. 
if you really want to get into like the nuts and bolts of this thing, those ratings, they're so dated. They don't, account, uh, uh, you know, account for the DVR stuff. And, and that, Mel- Meltzer, see- Meltzer talked about that, Drew. He said, uh, yeah. if you count DVR, it's closer to about 950. Right. And if you think about that, 950 on a debut episode, the NHL and the NBA, some of their lower tier games don't even draw that. So I'm sure Warner Discovery, Warner Media is happy as like pigs and shit right now with that type of stuff on a Saturday night in the summer. Yeah. It's the summer. Yeah. I mean, WWE is doing record business in the summer. It's unheard of. This isn't the Attitude Era. This isn't 02 to 08. I mean, they're doing record business. And AEW is four years old, and they're they're doing good business here, too. I mean, is it the best show ever? No. But is it good enough? Sure. Sure. And you talk about, uh, you talk about the ratings on WWE television. SmackDown, they drew a huge rating mm. on Friday night with the Bloodline and their tribal court of Roman Reigns. Apparently, in the 18 to 49 demo, they did a 0.76 rating. That was up from a 0.69 a week ago. And SmackDown averaged 2.561 million viewers on Fox. That was actually up from the previous week as well. This is the highest rating since March of 2020. Now, a lot of people asked, why did the bloodline get 40 minutes? This is clearly why. WWE is going to milk this shit and squeeze this orange out until there is absolutely no more juice, which I, which I understand. Um, but there is a fine line, Drew, and this is why I put it in the thumbnail and everybody's fucking going crazy about it on social media. You know, this is cinema they're calling it. All the, all the youngsters now, man, all the little fucking geeks yeah. on Twitter, they're calling this, oh my God, this is cinema. Like, I get it. I get it. It's the best thing in pro wrestling. But at the expense of the roster, Drew, they're putting so much effort into the bloodline and legitimately everything else, especially on SmackDown, is suffering Fuck. greatly, bro. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, feels important on SmackDown outside of the bloodline, and that is a fucking problem. Fuck them. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can't I do mean, that, man. What do you mean? It's the Why? most over. It's the most over thing in professional wrestling. If you want forty minutes, go take your forty minutes. I mean, three million people told you they wanted to see that, and I will say this: SmackDown doesn't need to be. Match, 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 match. They gave a 40-minute segment to the most over thing in the company. So I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Not to mention Steve Austin. I'm going to use an example. He used to come out. He used to take up 22 minutes. Maybe it was Angle and Vince along in the thing. Then there was a backstage segment with him, which probably ate about two to three minutes. You're looking at 25 minutes there. And then was in the main event for 12. So you're looking at what? 38, 39 minutes of in a two-hour show. And Austin was the most over thing in professional wrestling. So nobody bitched about it. Nobody bitched about it. You want to get to the bloodline status? Earn bloodline status. You had a match with Grayson Waller and Edge, which was unannounced. Which was very good. Yeah. And it was Madison Square Garden, unannounced. They didn't even announce it. I mean, that's wild to think about. It's Edge wrestling at the Garden and wasn't announced. The bloodline would have taken an hour. Cross and AJ Styles, we don't know what happened with Cross. Some people were telling me he was injured. Two minutes, bro. There is absolutely no division for the United States title. And the brawling brutes are out there, and they've fallen from where they were at War Games and where Sheamus was going into WrestleMania with the IC title. I mean, they've fallen off a cliff. Their women's division is non-existent. I mean, we got Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka, and that is really it. There's no Homie, tag. Does anybody else There's no tag shit. team division over like, there, bro. What is going any, on? Does anybody else give a shit about anything else on I do. Friday night? Friday Night SmackDown has, like, I mean, besides 
Besides, LA Knight wasn't even on the show. Because he would have been forgotten. You don't do that. I mean, you don't do it. It's MSG. I get it. But you want to know what? You don't do it. The bloodline was the story here. It's been the story. It is. They just came off money in the bank. It was the biggest moment. Roman got pinned for the first time in three years. They could have had two hours if they wanted to. But they didn't because realistically, you got to get some other people out there. I mean, 40 minutes in the opener, and then I think they had something in the in the close of the show. So maybe they did have an hour. Maybe it's 40 minutes total. I didn't do the time. You, you, but- you, you mentioned that Roman got pinned for the first time in three years. We weren't live last week for uh, that show on Tuesday night, and that happened the weekend prior. What did you, what did you think of that? I, I, I Listen, I, I, I thought Roman shouldn't have been pinned until he lost both of those championships, but here we are, and Jey Uso got the pin. What did you think of that? Well, all right, so let's break this down for a second. You're an intelligent man yeah. who, does a, who does this for a living yeah. and who has a lot of shows. How do we get to Roman's next feud at SummerSlam without Solo eats a pin? What does that, that do? Nothing. So this was something where the cracks have fully broken here in the foundation of the bloodline. They are the only people who know Roman the best, that being the Usos and, and Solo Sokoa. So it makes sense. It doesn't devalue anything. It makes somebody else a credible contender, and it elevates that person who pinned Roman, not for the championships, but he still got pinned. They talked about it. They acknowledged it. And now Roman has a foil in his own family, and you don't think Roman was going to do that business? Of course he was. I don't hate it. Uh, they could have gone a different way. I don't hate it because now everybody is going to buy into SummerSlam hook, line, and sinker that it, Jimmy or Jay could possibly beat Roman. Probably going to be it, Jimmy, it, but I'm just saying. It did, it did come off a little political, no? Like he gave it to his family instead of instead of someone else on the roster like uh, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> hey, listen, Sean, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels guy, and he worked with all his buddies too. I mean, when you're at that status, you call your own shots. Yeah, they, it's not like the Usos aren't over. I I know, but my point is, and I made this point when I talked about it. Uh, I genuinely feel, and, and no, yeah, he doesn't really have anything to do with it right now. But hopefully, he will. Maybe he will. I don't know. He says he's next in line. Uh, it, it does have a lot to do with Cody, bro. This 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 fucked Cody. Honestly, in my opinion, because Co- I mean, I, I, listen, I put it out there, man. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about, man." Cody's story is partially finished now. And it wasn't anything that he did. Because he should have been, listen, he should have pinned Roman and won the title. You can't win the title without pinning Roman. It goes hand in hand. Yes, his story is winning the title. His father never won. But Drew, how do you get there by pinning Roman? I mean, the epic moment that it would have been to take all of that from Roman and be ascended to the top of the mountain and sit upon the throne that's what Cody's not going to be able to do now because half of the job's already been done. It's like pulling out a pitcher in the ninth inning while the guy's got a fucking perfect game. Oh, no, he's reaching his pitch count. He's 40 pitches over his pitch count. I don't give a fuck. Give him the opportunity to go out there and pitch the perfect game. He's got three outs to go. You pulled your pitcher, bro, before anything good happened. No. I don't I don't. I, don't I agree disagree with, with you because I disagree with you because when Roman pins his cousin, at SummerSlam in Detroit, we are going to have another segment on SmackDown. It's not going to be the court or whatever the fuck it was. It's going to be, you know, they're going to have a segment. It's going to be, listen, you might have picked me in a tag team match. We're adding my guard down, but you cannot pin me for this. And that's the undisputed universal WWE championship. And that's what it's all about. Well, whoever beats Roman for that championship. It's just another guy. 
No. Yes. That's what it is. No. You know what Roman Cody, did on Cody, the way? Cody right Ro- now is another guy, man. You know what Roman did on the way to dropping that championship to Cody eventually, which is going to happen at WrestleMania 40, in my opinion? Yeah. He elevated his cousin. Who the f- Who's out there that's Our a Our cousin credible- that's not going to win the world title? How do you know that? How do we know? Jay, if- Jay Uso is going to win the world title? What happens if Cody wins the world championship at WrestleMania 40, Roman takes some time off, blah, 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 and Jay beats Cody six months later? I mean, it's, it's a possibility, but I mean, we're going to okay. choose Jay over Solo? Maybe Solo beats Cody. Maybe Solo beats Roman at WrestleMania. Maybe Cody never sees Roman Reigns again. I don't know. Well, I then think the story that's- really is finished. I mean, mean, to that extent, yeah, I think Cody does need to beat Roman to finish the story. But Cody did a lot of things, in my opinion, that were so smart that nobody is really seeing. Cody never won the AEW World Championship for two reasons. One, they didn't want him to, that he didn't want the fans to believe that he was just putting himself in these big, high-profile matches and he was going to win every championship because he was help booking, et cetera, et cetera. And Cody, in the back of his mind, in my opinion, always had it that he probably wanted to go back to WWE. How does he go back to WWE and say... I, I've never won a world championship when he won the AEW world championship. Because if he did, he would devalue that title if he goes to WWE and says, well, yeah, I know I won the AEW world championship. Who gives a shit about that jabroni championship? I need the WWE championship. Cody was smart. And I think Cody is going to win that universal championship eventually. Because I don't think he comes back without it, truthfully. Yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like he's going to be another guy who beats Roman Reigns because we've already seen Roman defeated. That's just the way I view it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and it's, a very, it's story- a very hot button topic. I know. But this story started with Jay. It did. It, it did. I right. have no problem with that. All right. How, how do we view Jay versus Roman? WWE uh, obviously is doing the match at SummerSlam. It's not official, but it will be. Uh, we have uh, about three weeks, three and a half weeks till SummerSlam. Uh, Meltzer noted, Drew, that the big focus is on Solo and Jay, not necessarily Reigns versus Jay. Solo versus Jay right now is rumored for payback, so it looks like Solo, uh, with the rumors going around, may cost Jay Uso the match against Roman. He may come within uh, an inch of beating Roman, but Solo may step in there. WWE is confident that Love the storyline is hot enough to not put the major focus on it and instead can focus on Solo versus Jay for payback. Meltzer speculated how WWE would get to Solo versus Jay Uso through the SummerSlam main event with Roman and Jay. Uh, that's yeah. probably where it's going to go. I mean, the, the name of the pay-per-view is Payback, so it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Right, and here's the thing, right? I've said this numerous times. You can go back to episode one, episode two, episode three. I said, in my what I would have done is Cody and Roman at SummerSlam in Detroit. It fits. Cody can yeah. finish the story there. They didn't go there. So now WWE needs to sell me on a Roman Reigns match. If Roman beats the Usos, Roman and Solo beat the Usos, at money in the bank. I'm not, a, I don't view Jay as a credible contender. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't, whatever. Now, Roman could not work payback in Pittsburgh. Sorry, everybody in Pittsburgh. Shout out to Justin LeBar, <laughs> Goose, and everybody else. They're not, he's not going to work there, it seems. Right. That seems ghoulish. Seems like he's not going to work there, right? Yeah. Eisenberg, a lot of other people. He seems like he's not going to work there. So now you have Solo and Jay. It makes sense. But hey, where the fuck is Jimmy in all this, huh? I don't know. A lot of people We're are saying Jimmy, Jimmy uh, I don't know, Jimmy turning on Jay or Jay turning on Jimmy. I don't think that's the case at all because why would you do that to the Usos? They are the best tag team in the world. Why would you break right. up your best tag team? Ever. And we're going to find out. I mean, they've, well, every best tag team needs a little bit of a breakup here and see if they can float on their own. They could always get back together. I mean, the yeah. Dudleys were horrible separately yeah. and were fantastic besides Bully Ray's reign and impact. Um, but you know what? I don't, that's the thing. There's a lot of um, stones to, uncover here what are we going to do which ones are we turning over and they need to get through 
September and October yeah. and November. And then we can figure it out. And right now, I, that match, because the other matches on SummerSlam are not selling me worth a damn. Cody and Brock, we don't even know what type of match they're having, but it's like, all right, this is the third installment of this. Let's finish this goddamn story. For me, which, I, which by the way, he said doesn't make any sense on Raw last night. Yeah, he did. Well, say that. I know, and good for him. Good for him for acknowledging some of these things because at least Cody like shoots from the hip at times. You know. Well, you sent me, um, you sent me something via mm-hmm. text about SummerSlam, and the way that I see it, I mean, I like some of what's there. Uh, most of it, I don't really give a shit about. Uh, Drew versus Gunther. I mean, we could talk about that. We'll get to that. That's actually in my notes here. Uh, L.A. Knight versus Austin Theory is uh, on this list of matches. I I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I hope so. You want to talk about somebody who doesn't matter. Who? Austin Theory does not matter. No. And and that's crazy. I mean, some people people on Twitter say he's not good. That's why he's not over. I mean, he's... Okay. Come on. He's he's very good. It's just, you know, they haven't really done much. How, How good can he be if he's on TV once every four weeks? And the thing, like his interaction with Cena during that WrestleMania build, I thought that um, Austin Theory had some good promos. Yeah, I. I oh, but, but it's that's like not his problem. Him. His promo is not his problem. No, it's just they've neutered him though. Trish versus Becky, Raquel versus Rhea. We got Bianca, Oscar, Charlotte, Ricochet, Logan Paul. We'll get into that in a little bit. Like you said, Cody versus Brock. Uh, Grayson Waller versus Edge again. I don't mind seeing that again, but I mean, do we no. really need to? And then Shayna versus Ronda, I couldn't give two fucks about Well, that. when Edge puts over Waller, everyone will be like, wow, Waller's yeah. off to the races now, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, one, one last thing about Madison Square Garden, Drew, and then uh, I think uh, you may give uh, a lot of people a decent answer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tried to talk about it on Friday because Andrew Zarian reported that WWE may actually uh, make some uh, unique changes back to the old way that they used to do the entrance ramp for Madison Square Garden the next time they go back to MSG. Why is it that they don't do it the way they used to do it back in the day, and why do they just stick to their guns with well, what they have now? So, I mean, it's like people want to pick and choose history, right? Yeah. Um, I have so much respect for Andrew Zaharian, but I will say this. When WWE went to the Garden for Raws and SmackDowns, they had their regular sets. Now, there were, were a couple of times, yes, that they went like Survivor Series and there was a Raw. And a Rumble. They had, yeah, a Rumble that they had the little square yeah. thing there, the old school MSG entrance. We've seen that kind of be um, prevalent now with the SmackDowns before a pay-per-view or premium live event in other cities because it just makes more sense because – you know, it, it's a big screen to travel with whatever, you know, whatever. And they could fit more people in there. Truthfully, the, just traveling with the screen is not the issue for the garden. I think that you will start to see some of that stuff. If you guys watch the all-star game, go back and watch the introductions. I think the WWE is going to head to that type of, and you've seen it backlash, the rumble, some other things, money in the bank. It's a smaller entrance. And I think that's where they're headed um, for the PLEs and everything else like that because they're trying to gross more revenue. Yes. And for MSG, I want to say that Madison Square Garden did away with that, that entrance way there when they redid the building. There's no longer that, that, that entrance that was always on the hard cam. You could see it. It was like that little square yep. where the friggin' security guards were standing and all that other stuff before the entrance there. WrestleMania 20 is the best example. Uh, they had that screen there, but they also had the stage. Um, and now they redid the building. So I do not believe there is uh, access to the backstage area from where it used to be. I don't mind that they uh, 
Uh, listen, I mean, it looks better the old way. Uh, I'm not going to cry about it. Well, it's not that it. big of a deal. But, uh, you know, I, I, I attributed it to WWE he wants to sell more tickets. Maybe that's why they're going back to the old way to do it, because it frees up a little bit more uh, open space for them to sell more tickets with the shorter entrance. I don't know. You know? Yeah, and the thing is, is that, again, when you're already going in there for a setup of eighteen to 19,000 people with yeah. the O2 and, and uh, in Puerto Rico, you have to kind of make those adjustments. WWE didn't have any PLE at MSG on Saturday night that week. So, you know, they only set the building up for twelve to 13,000 people. If they did that small entrance with twelve to 13,000 people, it just would look strange. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, next time they're in Madison Square Garden, probably towards the end of the year, maybe for the Christmas tour. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. uh, that was a, a story coming out of SmackDown on Friday. Shifting gears over to Raw, Drew. Uh, one one the- more point real quick. They're yeah. going to run that building, MSG, uh, probably once a year for television, maybe twice, because yeah. they do not want AEW in there. So, I mean, is AEW even allowed in Madison Square Garden. Well, here's the thing. Years ago, you I think you remembered it was WrestleMania 35. I think yeah. New Japan and yeah. ROH yeah. Yeah, ran a show there because WWE was not bringing any events there because the cost was insane, yeah. and it still is. But MSG said, if you guys don't give us a show once a year or whatever, they're, you know, they're two times a year, whatever it was, not a house show. We're talking televised. We are going to open this building to other entities who are willing to pay us yeah. that fee. And if you don't think AEW would pay that fee, uh, Tony Khan, Tony, Tony Khan would absolutely be on the phone immediately with MSG management. I love it. He'd run collision every goddamn night there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving over to Monday Night Raw, man. The one thing that I took away from Monday Night Raw, and this was a big talking point on my show last night was Judgment Day. Now, Judgment Day is legitimately all over Monday Night Raw. They are on NXT tonight, apparently. They're continuing their thing with Carmelo Hayes. I I, I, I raised this question to you, Drew, and I feel like we may be nearing a little bit of overexposure on Judgment Day, and I get that they are the biggest group on Monday night, but, you know, what happened to quality over quantity? I mean, within the first hour, bro, they were in every segment outside of the Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle match with Imperium. Every segment. They were on at least six segments, seven segments last night. One of them's your Money in the Bank winner. The other one's your most over woman in the company. And the other two, Dom is a, I mean, a heat-seeking missile. Yeah. And Finn is one of the best talents they have. And it's the most captivating story on WWE Monday Night Raw right now. What else has our attention? Don't worry, I'll wait. I mean, Cody? No, nothing, okay. nothing has our attention, but that, that, right. that doesn't mean they can't create something to get our attention. Well, I mean, I think they're trying with Seth, but realistically, it's like, who's a credible contender to Seth? I mean, it's been Finn. We don't know if it's if it's Priest. I mean, who are we going to see Demon Finn versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam? I mean, we don't know. Like, that's the thing. So if Judgment Day is the focal point, and that's part of Judgment Day, Finn Balor. So I don't hate that they're getting all the airtime because they deserve it. I mean, Rhea can't, it seems like she can't wrestle at this point time i don't know maybe she can maybe she can't but realistically i mean judgment day is carrying raw they don't want to take have cody wrestle every single week same thing with seth and kevin owens and Sami Zayn are really and imperium for that matter are really holding that show together besides judgment day so i don't hate it yeah uh, they are uh, I'll, I'll get to those four men in a second judgment day balor more than likely going one-on-one with rollins at SummerSlam for the world championship i think um i don't know why they are getting a tag team title match apparently that they, they beat the tag team champions last night maybe they get a tag team title match at SummerSlam. i have no fucking clue what's going on uh that ending was very confusing last night 
Uh, maybe we get that match before SummerSlam and we still get Finn versus Rollins at SummerSlam. Maybe they use that tag team title match to kind of, I guess, facilitate a breakup, continuing the breakup of Finn and Damian Priest. I don't know. Uh, Rhea Ripley, she had a stare down again with Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, I don't really like that because Rhea, it looks like, Drew, is feuding with Raquel and then possibly Liv because there are no other women on that roster. And I attribute that to the same thing that WWE did with Sasha and Naomi, wanting them to split and go wrestle the individual champions on Raw and SmackDown. And you're basically, they complained about it. And you're basically doing the same thing with Liv, potentially with Liv and Raquel Rodriguez. I don't really like that for Rhea. I think the, the division's going to suffer because of that. And Liv and Raquel, they don't really deserve that either. Yeah. The one thing you can't really, um, you know, slam raw for as a show is it has advanced storylines for SummerSlam and for their, their next premium live event. I mean, Paul and, and Ricochet, they advanced. Cody yep. and Brock, they advanced. It seems like we're getting Rhea and Raquel, they advanced. And we still don't know where the hell Judgment Day is falling in line. And the Drew and Gunther yeah. feud. It just seems like they're they're advancing things on a very high... And Ronda and Shayna. I mean, that's a bit... You know, people don't like Ronda. I get it. But that's a, that's a match I'm going to tune in to see because I think those ladies will beat the shit out of each other. So, I, you know, I get it. It might not be everyone's cup of tea, but at least, you know, for the... The cronies out there, they were like, well, we never get any damn storyline advance. These matches are just put together when, you know, on a whim. They're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, everything seems to be forwarding, you know, to, mm-hmm. towards a match, which is good. Um, so Who do you want Seth to take on at SummerSlam if you have your choice? There is nobody. I mean, so- Finn, Finn would be the ideal opponent because of the way that they left off at Money in the Bank. And with and with, what- with Priest, because you mentioned before earlier in the show, the reason why Priest won the Money in the Bank is because of this storyline. It's a better mm-hmm. storyline than L.A. Knight. And what happens if they have that match? Finn's about to win. Priest cashes in, or Finn does win. Yeah. Priest cashes in, and Finn's title reign lasted one hour this time instead of a day, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it might be. I'm just saying, it seems like that's what what wrestling is all about keeping people on the edge of their seat and suspending your disbelief. So for me, I don't hate the Judgment Day stuff, but we got to figure out where Seth's headed. It seems like it's with Finn. So the Damian Priest addition makes sense yeah uh you mentioned drew mcintyre and gunther uh they appear to be on a collision course for the intercontinental title we don't really know yet um imperium something really bizarre happened with imperium last night they potentially teased a uh giovanni vinci removal from the group and, and i don't know why he may be outside of gunther the most talented guy in that group um i don't know where this is headed I hope it's not what we think it is after last night, but instead of doing Drew versus Gunther, Drew, at uh, at SummerSlam, maybe we get a six-man tag, because where are you going to put Riddle? He's been feuding with Imperium. You can't mm. do, uh, to me, it would be foolish for WWE. If they really want to take Gunther and have him break Honky Tonk Man's record, I, I mean, they're going to have to take it until after payback, because I think the rain goes through September 7th. Maybe they do a six-man tag. We get Imperium, and then we get Drew versus uh, Matt Riddle, and then Randy Orton returning at SummerSlam. Yeah, that, that uh, works. You know, that works. I mean, it, SummerSlam's been like a hotbed for returns as of late the last few years. Maybe Randy Orton returns at SummerSlam, and we get that six-man tag. It'll take them into the next month for the intercontinental record to be broken. And that works. How, how, do, how, do you, how do you work this? I mean, are, are you okay with Vinci being kicked out? I mean, I don't like that, man, because Vinci, he's not going to last on his own. I don't know if WWE looks at Vinci as a top-tier guy that they want to push individually away from a faction. 
And the way I talked about last night is, you know, Vinci was never a part of Vince's Imperium. Maybe he's thinking, I don't want this guy here. Let's get rid of him. And maybe they call up Ilya Dragunov to replace Vinci with, which I don't know why you would do that because four is better than three. And having those four guys in the same group is fucking great. I don't know about you. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't hate either, any of that. Um, <clears throat> the Vinci thing, I mean, he's got the look. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I don't think it's a smart thing to do to pull him out of Imperium. And I love the six-man tag match because you could really build that towards where, you know, uh, Drew is leaning on Riddle to find a partner. And Riddle's like, don't worry, I got him. He's coming. Like, he's going he's gonna to be there. And then everyone thinks it's Randy. And then Randy eventually shows up. His music hits at SummerSlam. I like it. It works. Um, I also like the Drew McIntyre versus Gunther at SummerSlam. But to your point, let's get to Honky Tonk's record so they can stop talking about him. And, you know, they can have Gunther as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Do you think that WWE would actually toy with Gunther losing the title before breaking the record? Or do you think they take it all the way? You know, I don't, that's a good question because they kind of talked about how Gunther is the longest reigning modern day Intercontinental yeah. Champion. So they've already kind of like erased. But they talked about Honky Tonk Man on the show. So I think that they really want to break those type of records. Otherwise, why have this long reign? I mean, Roman has really erased almost everybody besides San Martino, Hogan, and Pedro Morales. So, Bob Ackman. you know, and Bob, I'm sorry, yeah. Bob Ackman. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think we're headed for an eventual breaking of that reign for Gunther. It's going to be interesting to see where Randy Orton fits into this. Does he come back as a baby face? Does he eventually turn as a heel? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy we get him back on television because I think his presence is sorely needed. Um, How about an RKO to Riddle and those two have a match of payback? Yeah, I like that. I think that works. Uh, you mentioned Ronda and Shayna. Do we get a fight pit match for Ronda and Shayna at SummerSlam? Because hmm. a one-on-one match ain't, it ain't doing it for me, man. I don't know. I think they might start with... Maybe a one-on-one match. Then maybe we get like a fight pit submission match in Pittsburgh because that would be a match where people would, you know, that yeah, would sell. I could see that. So for payback. Ricochet, so maybe. Ricochet, Logan Paul, bro. Uh, what'd you think of Ricochet last night pulling out his uh, his best Velveteen Dream uh, fucking flip over the top rope? They call back to the Velveteen Dream spot against Logan Paul. I, I didn't, I mean, I got a cackle out of it, but it didn't hit the same as when he did it against Dream and the crowd didn't really you know, pop for it. And Logan actually said that Ricochet, the only reason why he wants this match is for, you know, TikToks and clicks and to go viral. Yet Ricochet proved Logan Paul's point correct in that by doing that flip over the top rope. So it kind of made Ricochet look like a dummy last night. What'd you think of this whole spot? Um, I think the feud is, and the match is going to be good at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think these type of talents, Logan Paul, who is, you know, one of the most, popular and over guys in WWE right now to have a match with Ricochet is smart business. Ricochet is a ring general, get a great match out of a broomstick. I know that that's overused, but that's the truth. And, you know, maybe, maybe we don't get a singles match at SummerSlam. It seems like we're headed that way, but if they want a bad bunny inclusion at SummerSlam, you can have Ricochet and bunny taking on Logan Paul and somebody else. I don't know who it's going to be, but you could do it. I keep bad bunny away from SummerSlam in my opinion, just have the one-on-one match. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a good match. I mean, I, I yeah. enjoyed uh, what they did last night. Ricochet a little rough around the edges on a promo, but he's not terrible. I mean, a lot of people... Has were, he ever been good on a promo? No. Oh. No. But I looked at it as, hey, they they put him in the ring with Logan Paul. They gave him mic time against Logan Paul. They got to think something of him. They think a yeah. lot better of him now than they did then, right? Well, it's the whole Miz treatment, too. Like, everyone's always like, oh, well, why, you know, why does Miz get all the celebrities and all this other stuff? Because they trust Miz, so they trust Ricochet yeah. to go out and showcase Logan Paul. There you go. Speaking of the Miz, Champa got screwed by Bronson Reed and the Miz. Clearly, he can't do it himself. So uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're seeing Johnny Gargano 
uh, get involved against Bronson Reed and The Miz, which I wasn't a big fan of originally, and now we're back to that pairing. Hopefully it's only a temporary thing, but to get Johnny back on television and paired with Champa, I guess I'll take it, right? Good. That's You know what, J.D.? I'm glad you didn't like, just blow that up because realistically, who are you going to th- – you want DIY together, you're getting it. DIY together, you're getting it. And, you know, like – I, to my to your point, who you want to feed them to? You want to feed them to the tag champs so they lose. You want to feed them to another tag team that so they get beat. No, mm-hmm. you put them against Miz and Reed and let you know Champa and Gargano beat the shit out of them. Yeah, and it's uh, listen, Champa and Miz have their thing. Uh, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed have a little throwback to the NXT day, so I guess it works. But I'm excited to see them back on television. And the last piece of uh, news here. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, bro. What what do they do at SummerSlam now that we're three weeks, three and a half weeks till SummerSlam? Where are they going with those tag team titles and who are they defending those titles against? That's a real good question because if we do the six man with Imperium, it seems like that's off the table. So again, it just, it really depends on what WWE wants to do, what they want to accomplish with the Intercontinental Championship. I think that's the big holdup right now because smart money would say it's a tag team title match between Imperium's, um, you know, against... Zane and Owens. I just, but I don't know who else they could take on at this point. Could you have Dom and Priest? Because Priest needs something to do, maybe. Right? Maybe, maybe, yeah, right. He's gonna need something to do. That's more than likely what I think they'll do. I mean, they did sit, they did something within the share coming to Monday Night Again? Raw. Again? <laughs> I don't know, man. They were there. They had like four matches like, on Raw. Who's on acid on Raw? Like, I want to know, like, was this like a bad, like, acid trip? that yeah, Veer, share was- Veer can't stop coming, bro. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. Um, listen, that's that's all we got, man. We got um, we got uh, Super Chats to get into, and then we'll get the hell out of here. And I want to go watch the rest of the All-Star game, and I know you want to go, go do what you got to do. So uh, let's get into the Super Chats on episode four here, uh, Ballin, MGM Ballin with 20 months. If I see one more person say Triple H, got to do better with this guy, girl, I'm going to delete Twitter. It is Vince, not Triple H. TNT is the best part of my Tuesday nights. Thank you, Ballin. Uh, yes, Vince has his fair share of creative, but uh, Triple H has his as well. You yeah. want real wrestling and sports entertainment talk? It's going to be right here every Tuesday night. So I go. appreciate it. Cameron Battle. Well, the 199. My lock screen is NXT black and gold. I miss it. We so, do. so do I. We all do. Those are great. I mean, those takeovers before SummerSlam and WrestleMania were must-see. Tay-Tay with a 499. Can you believe that WWE is using Judgment Day on NXT for ratings? We had enough of the Judgment Day on Raw. Uh, no, I'm Somebody not fill me in. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch NXT. Uh, apparently, uh, I think Braun Breaker wrestled Ilya Dragunov tonight. I don't hmm. know. I'll tune in. I'll tune in sometime this week. I don't know. Uh, El Mase and Jason Mendoza with new memberships. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. How would Dominic Mysterio fare if he was in AEW? I don't know. I could say the same thing about AEW with Hook. How would Hook fare in WWE? I don't know. You know? Luigi Carmine with a $2 super chat. Fox didn't censor FU Astros, but censored WWE. Oh, really? That was chanted tonight during uh, whoever's at bat. Interesting. Well, I don't think that Fox knew that the crowd was going to do that. <laughs> and they did censor that garden crowd. They did. So. They did. Mohammed with a 20. The briefcase shouldn't be used to elevate someone. It should be given to someone who has already been built up. If we give oh, That's the- it for me, folks. Good night. 
It's, if we give it to the if we give the briefcase to people who aren't elevated, what does that say about the titles? I don't know. This is a vehicle to get some. Go ahead. Thank go ahead, you. Go ahead. It's a vehicle to to get just like the Rumble at times. Sure, it's maybe reestablishing uh, a vet or somebody who's had World Championship reigns. We've seen that go for Money in the Banks, but this is and Royal Rumbles. This is something that was needed. Who in that match should have won the Money in the Bank? Priest or L.A. Knight? I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't get it. I have no problem that Priest won the Money in the Bank at all. Me either. Uh, Krauser with the five months. Roman lost to the people that have been the closest to him. He got low blowed and tons of finishes done to him. Cody won't just be another guy. Agreed. It's his family. It's family. They know him the best. Five a great mo- super chat. Yeah, there you go. Krauser, thank you for the five months, man. I appreciate it. And yo, John... For the four ninety nine, why is Carmelo getting pinned on his own show weekly? Did he get pinned? I don't know. I don't know. I have to watch Yo John. If he got pinned as the world champion, I don't. I don't know what's going on down there, man. Shawn Michaels got a little, uh, little nutty down there. Ooh, maybe Shawn's got that like Vince mentality where he's like, "You want to know what you're leaving me?" Yeah, yeah. Lost, 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 lost. He's uh, he's definitely got a Vince mentality for sure. Uh, Drew, that's all we got, man. Any parting words before we get the hell out of here? No, I just, uh, you know, people who, and this, uh, JD does not hate watch anything. I just want you guys to understand no. where I'm going to go with this. He does not. What I will say to the universe or the, the fans here is if you're hate watching something, turn it off. Go enjoy yourself. Whatever you do, whether it's ice cold beverages or sports, entertainment, whatever, make sure you're enjoying yourself. Whether it's this show, we appreciate everybody who pops in here. 1,300 of you right now. Thank you very much for that. We hope you're entertained because if you're not, don't watch. Yeah. Don't watch WWE. Don't watch AEW. Don't watch anything. Come on. Anyway, guys, we will be back with you. Uh, yo, John, with a, one, one, a 199. Thank you, man. Uh, yes, JD, he got pinned again. There you go. I'll watch it uh, at some point uh, during the week, yo, John. That's, this uh, was a blast, JD. Yeah, that's disgusting, yo, John. Uh, love the show, Drew. It's a uh, great discussion. I think... Uh, we got a lot covered today after taking the week off. If you guys want more, we'll be back next Tuesday, episode number five. You can follow uh, Drew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. I will be live with Jesse tomorrow night for Dynamite. And we have another big week of wrestling coming up with Dynamite, SmackDown, and Collision. Uh, Furious Nation with 21 months. What's up, JD and Drew? Great show tonight. Keep up the good work, guys. Did you hear about Brian Pillman Jr.? Yes. He's not a part of the AW roster anymore. I don't know why. Mm. I'll look into that, man. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, me some Pillman. Yeah. I know. He deserves a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you. I will uh, catch up with you next week, and we'll do episode five, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate-